from PRX. I'm Kurt Anderson, and this is the Studio 360 Podcast. Hi, this is Tommy Bazarian from Studio 360. Every week, we talk to artists who spend their lives trying to make great art. But artists who get to spend all of their time making art are among the lucky few. The vast majority of artists have to lead a sort of double life, holding down a job during the day so that they can do what they love in their free time. That's why a few years ago, we started a series called Day Jobs, where we hear from artists about the things that they do to pay the bills. The first day job we ever did was with an acquaintance of mine named Alex Kramer. Alex is an actor who lives in New York, and at the time, he had a very unusual side gig. This one time, I was waiting for the doctor to call Jesse Stone. And I get up, and I recognize the doctor. And he says, I feel like I know you from somewhere. And it's like that moment in the movies when everything stops and the person sort of like cocks their head and furrows their brow. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, is he going to recognize me? I'm Alex Kramer and I am an actor. But my day job is I work as an unannounced standardized patient. An unannounced standardized patient, also called a USP, is someone who goes into hospitals undercover to evaluate residents on their performance. When I tell people I'm a USP, most people think of this episode of Seinfeld. We're going down to Mount Sinai Hospital. See, they hire actors to help the students practice diagnosing. Where Kramer goes in as a standardized patient. And are you experiencing any discomfort? The haunting memories of lost love. (laughs) I burned for her. Much like the burning during urination that I would experience soon afterwards. Gonorrhea! Gonorrhea! The difference is that everyone in the room is aware that he's not a real patient. Whereas my job, nobody is supposed to know that I'm an imposter. They know the program exists, and they know that at some point in time, they might have like a secret spy patient, but they don't know when it's coming. So I arrive at the hospital, and I take the elevators up to the sixth floor and walk down this dimly lit hallway. And down at the end of the hall is this unmarked door where my supervisors work. And it's there where I get my tape recorder and my clinic card that says who I am for the day. They'll give me a pretty generic name. Jesse Stone is one that I I remember getting. I'm a working class guy from the Lower East Side who lives with his mom 
and works as a barback somewhere or at Panera or any number of places. And my case is generally, well, they call it the fatigue case. But really what it is is depression. I go in uh, having trouble staying asleep at night, but if they assess correctly, it should present as depression. I go into the walk-in clinic. I say, hey, I'm Jesse Stone, and I'm here to see Dr. So-and-so. And the person at the desk most of the time gives me sort of a confused look because they can't find me in the system. And I have to sort of lean in and quietly say, I'm with the program. And they're like, oh, the program. And I sit down and I turn on the tape recorder, put it back in the backpack or the jacket pocket, and I wait for the doctor to call Jesse Stone. The first thing they'll open with is a very open-ended question. So what's been going on with you? And I'll start to sort of give my basic story. I've been having a hard time from sleeping. And um, my boss came up to me last week and was like, you know, you're like not focusing as much as usual. And it's because I'm just like so tired all the time. And then they'll ask, are you having trouble falling asleep? Are you having trouble staying asleep? I don't have a hard time falling asleep. It's more like I wake up at like 2.30 and then I'm up like for three, four hours or something like that. And at that point, so many of these residents will use the same canned sentence, which is, wow, that must be really hard for you. And so I'm left to be like, yeah, I guess so. It's the doctors who go the extra step to really sort of dig at the family history. Has anyone been on medication for depression? Things like that. That will trigger me to answer. I guess when I was like in middle school or something, my mom, she had like some sort of like mental something and went to the hospital and I had to stay with my grandma for a little while. And I think she might still like take something for it. At this point, They should have a sense that I have depression. And a great doctor will do a really good job explaining this and destigmatizing depression uh, because to hear that diagnosis is not so easy. Um, They have definitely tried to give me shots. Uh, I don't really like shots. They've tried to get my blood drawn. And those are really tricky situations because I'm not even allowed to accept a flu shot from them. So I've just basically had to be really averse to getting shots, period. I, th- I don't know. Maybe like w- when I come back. Our story will be back in a moment. But first, a reminder to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And now back to the story. Once I'm done with the doctor, I basically evaluate the entire visit That covers things from, you know, did the doctor wash their hands? Did the doctor take your blood pressure? To how I was made to feel in the course of the interaction. And if I have a follow-up visit scheduled, that needs to be wiped from the record. So someone from the program goes into the system and finds my name with a scheduled visit to the doctor and just wipes it clean. (laughs) 
so I'm an actor in New York, and you know I'm I'm doing the the regular actor hustle. I'm going on lots of auditions, and this job, the mindset's different than on stage because no, you know what? Not really, because ultimately when it boils down to it, all you're doing is tricking someone. Whether you're like having a crazy emotional moment on stage or like a really intense scene in a film. You're not only hoping to trick an audience that's watching, you want to be so in it that you're tricking your scene partner into believing that the artifice is real. It's sort of the model scene work, you know? Being a spy. That's a story produced in 2017 by me, Tommy Bazarian, with the actor Alex Kramer. Alex has had roles on The Path on Hulu and Law and & Order SVU, and next spring he'll be in a new Tom Hanks movie called Greyhound. If you're a fan of the show, you might recognize Alex's voice. That's because our staff fell in love with it, and him, and we've had him back on the show a number of times to do readings for other pieces. Like this one of Daniel Torday's novel, Boomer One. If you have no job... I want you to look at the basement where you live right now. Does it make you happy, this basement? Does it smell musty? Does it contain the same couch on which you kissed your first girl when you were in the eighth grade? Or this one, where he plays a young version of the writer Frederick Tutton. No question the editors there would be impressed by the unusual use of the medical term kyphosis in the literary context I had placed it. I received a little handwritten rejection note. It meant they took me seriously. Are you an artist who does something cool or unusual to pay the bills? Maybe you're a novelist who makes her living as a cobbler. Or maybe you're a songwriter who makes his living as a public radio producer. Whatever it is, tell us about it in an email to incoming at studio360.org. Thanks for listening, and you can subscribe to Studio 360 wherever you get podcasts.